0: Chapter 7 Year 856 PXF Autumn Talon had never felt more naked or exposed as he tried to sleep. Not only was he questioning if his new knowledge of the chain might summon something worse than just the voice he was familiar with, but Talon also had no sword nearby, training or otherwise. He dreaded what that could mean for the morning. He finally settled for sleeping with a long dagger at his side the one Mikal had gifted him for his sixteenth birthday. Mikal made the blade while Riken was still his apprentice, which Riken undoubtedly knew was intended for Talon. It comforted him to know, in some small way, Riken was with him lying in the darkness. Sleep finally found Talon, a slight smile on his lips and dreams filled with visions of raven-dark hair and storm-cloud eyes. Hours before dawn's first light, Talon lay awake, anticipating what was to come and what he should do. A dagger was no match for the commander's blade, but he had the element of surprise as the commander would think him unarmed. Behind the door seemed too expected, and he was too large to hide in the wardrobe anymore. He finally settled on sitting in the chair by the hearth, with the dagger hidden to his side. Talon sat and waited. Finally, just after dawn, he heard the commander's footsteps coming down the hallway. Talon tightened every muscle, ready to spring into action. Knock, knock, knock. The three raps on the door were more unexpected than anything for which Talon could have planned. Then, the commander's voice through the door. Courtyard, ten minutes. Eat first. At that point, the commander could have felled Talon with a feather. Hells, a kitten could have. Confused and not knowing what else to do, Talon got up, grabbed some food, and proceeded to the courtyard. As he approached, the commander preempted the questions Talon had etched on his face with a simple fact. Life and death are in your hands now. Safe is just another word for vulnerable. He continued. Now for your weapon. Your height and your strength deserve the weapon of knights and lords. The commander stepped into the smithy and returned with a polearm over eight feet in length. The top two feet consisted of a broad curved blade shaped like a barbed scimitar, the rest a steel-reinforced ironwood shaft. Talon had seen one of these before, an old imperial glaive of the Shalmakura, the weapon wielded by the night protectors of Thon Sangrial. One scenario he had envisioned as he tried to find sleep the night before was another differently shaped but equally crude flat steel bar as a weapon to train with, but what the commander tossed him was beautifully wrought, perfectly balanced, and exceptionally deadly. Even with its length and apparent weight, the glaive felt like a feather in Talon's hand. He tried to spin it like he once saw a knight of Thonsangrialdu when they visited Arnador. He was even quite proud of himself when he managed a fair approximation of what he thought it should look like. Then, before Talon got too cocky, The commander put on a display of such dexterity and speed that Talon's jaw almost hit the courtyard's cobblestones. The dizzying theatrics he displayed were not just for flair, as Talon soon discovered when the commander had the blade stop dead at his throat, giving his whiskers the slightest trim from over ten feet away. Now to work. Once again, the training was wholly different than before. Talon and the commander rarely crossed blades with their glaives, but instead practiced an endless array of forms and stances, maneuvers and blocks. The training in the courtyard looked more like a choreographed dance than battle or dueling. Talon, scoffing at what he assumed would be easy, quickly became despair and agony, as his muscles began screaming at the effort it took him to match what the commander made look effortless. Tendons and ligaments, long tightened by the bulk of the muscle mass he had added in the previous two years, now stretched and strained painfully to even remotely match the commander's poses. Talon found he needed the commander's flask of restorative elixir as much, if not more so, than those first training days. It was three months before Talon had gained enough flexibility and grace to master all the stances the commander taught him. However, as Talon became more adept at the forms, He found they became a way to calm his mind and gain more control over his new awareness of the dark chain that shackled him. He could not banish it or the voice, but its weight became easier to bear, and the voice became less intrusive. Talon thought his mastery of the stances would allow him to begin sparring with the commander again, but the commander then transitioned to instructing him in the art of combinations. String after string of four, then seven, up to sixteen forms and stances, one after another without pause or break. The commander drove him through six more months of drilling these combinations and countercombinations before the commander acquiesced and said Talon was ready. Winter and spring long since gone, they faced off with glaives held high and shining under the blinding summer sun. The commander began with a slow, wide, main-arm circular attack, announcing it by name as he came at Talon. Arathiendal Talon, surprised by the commander's declaration, countered quickly sang the commander announced again as he slashed back with a twirling offhand thrust. Talon realized that his previous counter had set up the commander for this much more advanced attack, with few options to repel it. In his resulting mental scramble of identifying his mistake and planning his next move, the commander's blade struck Talon's shoulder at the armpit. Luckily, the commander had pulled the force behind the attack, so it did not pierce armor or flesh. Talon knew if it had, his arm would have been disabled, and he'd likely be bleeding out from a sliced artery. The commander returned to a ready position, patiently waiting for Talon to recognize the lesson. Again, was all the commander needed to say. Their sparring continued. The commander announced every move he made as he made them, but as the training progressed, reprimands for repeated mistakes came with a shallow wound. With so many new mistakes to make, Talon made it until near sunset before becoming too bloodied to continue. Unfortunately, the next day was not as productive as Talon repeated many of the mistakes of the day before, and the commander left him bleeding in the training yard by mid-afternoon. Each day, when Talon became too bloodied to continue, the training ended no matter the time or progress that they had made. Finally, after a fortnight of shortened training days due to his own mistakes, Talon felt the challenge of learning it all to be insurmountable. There was too much, and the commander was too skilled. Talon had tried drilling on his own after Balanon would seal or stitch his wound shut each day, but it was of no discernible help, and his failures in the training yard continued to mount higher and higher. The voice that had been sulking since his trip to the spring and effectively silenced by Talon's new mental discipline from earlier in the year gloated incessantly at Talon's frustration with his progress. It relished in pointing out every bloodied and sliced tunic that decorated Talon's rooms, and delightedly scoffed as Talon donned his endlessly repaired training leathers each day. The added distraction of the voice throwing suggestions into his already cluttered mind when he was in the ring with the commander resulted in Talon's skills degrading instead of improving. Furious, having suffered through another week of the commander leaving him too bloodied to continue before the noon hour, Talon marched into the surgery and grabbed a healing potion without even asking Balanon's leave. Drinking it and throwing the empty vial aside, he stripped off his broken armor and bloody shirt as he strode back into the courtyard, glaive in hand under the scorching midsummer sun. Then, yelling into the sky but directing his words at the voice snickering in his mind, Talon screamed out, You want to destroy me? Well- Come at me! He then began his forms, calling out the name of each one as he went. The voice slithered like a serpent through his thoughts, critiquing and questioning each move. It second-guessed and challenged everything Talon did, breaking his confidence and concentration, motion by motion. Sweat pouring down his face and into his eyes, Talon became increasingly more frustrated and angrier, and as he did, the courtyard slowly melted away around him, and he found himself on a high, rocky plateau under a blood-red sky. Now an incorporeal, mist-like serpent, the voice swirled around Talon's blade as he hit each pose. Even though Talon was not actively targeting it, the voice snake taunted Talon as though he was. "'Enough!' Talon demanded and struck out. In that moment, his mind switched off, leaving his body to channel the months and years of training unburdened by his swirling thoughts. His glaive sought out its target— but that target was not the serpent that taunted him. Instead, it swung out in a sweeping arc for the invisible dark chain bound to his soul, a chain Talon's eyes could not see, but his body knew was there. Clang! Shink! Stretching across the tortured landscape, in a clash of steel and a flash of arcane static, the chain binding his soul revealed itself as Talon's blade struck it. Not as the chain he remembered from his vision at the orchard, the single black abomination made of links larger in diameter than his wrist, but an array of smaller branching chains of seemingly endless possibilities. The chains surrounding him covered the plateau in a vast, interconnected, mind-boggling web. Seeing them and their complexity as they stretched out from him in all directions to the horizon, Talon felt the same overwhelming confusion he did when sparring with the commander, his mind overloaded with input. The chains thrummed with a strange energy, and all but called for Talon to examine them more closely. As he did, he saw the links of these chains were somehow forged from all the forms and moves he had learned from the commander, each individual link a single attack or counter attached to all its permutations. Talon, surrounded and encircled by the array, chose one of the hundreds that spread outward from him and attacked the first link with the form it represented. As he struck, the link shattered and around him, the web reconfigured centering on the broken link, some chains fading into a gray mist, others becoming more prominent and glowing with an arcane light. Talon picked one of the glowing chains and, with the prescribed attack, shattered its first link. Again, the web morphed, and as Talon looked across the new configuration, he could see where the misty gray chains would lead to weaker attacks. The glowing chains showed a strategy that became stronger and more difficult to thwart. Talon began following one of the luminous strategies in earnest, each link preparing him for the next attack or counter. The path down the chain laid out a strategy, and based on his choices or how well he anticipated his opponent, it could bend the momentum of combat either in his favor or toward defeat. The ends of chains were victory or a setback, some of which were irrecoverable. As he explored the chains, the array resetting at his will, Talon discovered his mistakes over the previous weeks and months. Delving into the strategies of the chains was like navigating a maze. Before, he had felt trapped between this labyrinth's walls, with hundreds of choices and no clear direction. Now he looked down upon the maze, seeing its intricacies clearly, able to plan the clearest path. Talon tested and explored every chain until, against his will, the plateau faded. He tried to hold on to the vision, afraid he would never find it again, but it disappeared and the courtyard slid into his sight. It was night, and Balanon was holding him up, his tortured body no longer able to support itself. The surgeon poured water on his face as his body shook violently. Talon tried to ask what was happening, but his tongue was thick and his mind cloudy. You have been going at it for nine hours without water or rest. You were in a delirium that even magic could not break. Balanon asked with genuine concern in his voice. You are beyond exhausted. I was worried we would have to have the commander knock you unconscious if you didn't stop soon. Provided he could get close enough. Talon's eyes could only focus long enough to spot the commander's scowling outline, looming in shadow across the courtyard as consciousness left him. As his mind faded to black, he could not help but recognize that the commander seemed more disappointed than concerned. Talon awoke in the surgery the next day. It was approaching lunch, if he correctly gauged the light streaming through the windows. To Balanon's protestations, Talon pushed his way out of the surgery and prepared for training with the commander. Shrugging on his armor, Talon walked out to meet the commander in their sparring ring. The commander eyed him with a concern he could not quite decipher as he stepped to meet Talon, who had already assumed the ready position. Varika! The instant the commander announced his attack, the array of chains appeared in Talon's mind, his sight split between them and the courtyard. He could barely process the relief he felt at their return as he moved to counter the swift attack from the commander. In his mind, the chains on the plateau reconfigured, predicting the commander's next strike. Trell Sikan, The commander announced his next move, which fell exactly into line with what the chains had foretold, and Talon countered by following the strategy laid out by the chains in his mind. Back and forth they went until the commander's experience and skill finally defeated Talon, but this time without earning him a wound. Talon was overjoyed with his success, but when he looked at the commander, he saw only an undecipherable concern, along with a hardness and resolve behind the commander's eyes. Again, the commander demanded flatly, never breaking eye contact with Talon, a deep intensity etched on his face. Lin Palva. A spinning offhand feint began the next round. So it went until the sun began to set. Talon still earned a few wounds, but not enough to prevent him from finishing the day. The commander's attitude did not relent throughout that day or the following week. Talon never spoke of the chains to the commander, and the camaraderie they had shared before the chains appeared seemed to evaporate as their training became more intense. The commander became more distant daily less like the man with whom Talon had enjoyed training and more just a stone golem in a shared sparring ring. It hurt Talon that his success had affected the commander this way, but the whispered feeling of contempt from the darkness within him colored his perception of it and, in more introspective moments, made him worry about what it could mean. It took months, even with the commander still vocally announcing his attacks, but Talon's skill and speed finally progressed to a point where with the chain's insight, he finally bested the commander. Talon's victories versus the commander progressed from happening once a week to once a day. When he could finally defeat him regularly under the current training protocol, the commander changed the process again. The following day, the commander flatly stated he would no longer announce his attacks. Talon smugly assumed that the commander would want Talon to call out his own moves to handicap himself. But instead, the commander demanded Talon call out the commander's moves as he made them. Initially, this confounded Talon. Even though he had come to rely on them less each session, the chain seemed to be of little help at all to him now. The commander beat him soundly again and again. As the morning wore on, the commander's attacks became increasingly predatory. Inflicted wounds were not the surface cuts of earlier months, but deep and meant to cause actual harm. The commander finally broke the silence he had kept for far longer than when training began that morning. Get out of your head, he snapped at Talon. Use your eyes out here. Look at me. Listen to what my actions are telling you, not anything else. The commander's words hit Talon like he had been caught cheating on a test for his tutors. The commander took advantage of Talon's shock at his words, slamming his shoulder into Talon's chest, putting them face to face. You have the skills. They're yours. Now trust them. The commander delivered these words not with the disappointment and stony facade that had marred the last few months, but with the camaraderie of the teacher and mentor Talon knew from the time before he discovered the chains. The commander pushed Talon away and across the ring. Again. Talon took a deep breath and dispelled the chains from his mind. As he did so... An unexpected, smug confidence in his imminent failure entered his thoughts from where he knew the voice resided. Talon cleared those thoughts and did as the commander had said, examining and trusting his senses. The commander's weight was on his right foot, his glaive angled slightly downward, and his grip forward on the shaft. Only three attacks were probable with that preparation, and the instant the commander began to move, three became one. Seng Thal! Talon simultaneously announced as the commander's movements resolved into the attack. Talon's mind forgot to counter after correctly identifying the attack, but his body reflexively not only countered, but hemmed in the commander's next possible moves. Talon felt the commander shift in balance through their crossed glaives, which meant only one thing. Ratil, Talon confidently announced and countered. The smug confidence in Talon's mind began to decay into dismay and disgust as attack after attack, Talon accurately predicted and countered without fail. Finally, the voice itself tried to intrude, but Talon brushed it aside like it was no more than a chill breeze. The commander did best Talon in the end, but for the first time in months, it was done with an ever-so-slight curve to his mouth and not a grimace of concern. Through the bright colors of autumn and the onset of winter, Talon learned to read and announce the commander's every action, only relying on the chains occasionally, not as a crutch during sparring, but more as a filing system when he reviewed his day alone in his rooms at night. Finally, fifteen months after the first day when Talon caught the glaive tossed to him by the commander, the tactics of their training changed again, and they sparred in silence as equals.